So as many of you may already know, what was Brady is now two separate entities with separate ownership structures. On the one hand, we have Brady Technologies selling energy software and credit risk software, and we have the new entity, Core, selling the Brady Commodities software. So we thought that for this podcast, what we would do is talk to the new management team at Core and find out what they are all about. Welcome to CTRM Radio, home of the official podcast of Commodity Technology Advisory and your source for information on all matters related to CTRM. Well, hello again. This is Gary Vasey with Commodity Technology Advisory, and you're listening to CTRM Radio. CTRM Radio is an ad hoc podcast by Comtech Advisory, hosted on CTRMcenter.com, the place for everything CTRM. It's kindly sponsored by Enuit, a provider of CTRM and commodity management solutions worldwide. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at Core. This is the entity formed by the buyout of Brady Commodities, headed by Tasha Berta, CEO. And indeed, that's where we'll start with Patrick Reams talking to Tasha. We're visiting today with Tasha Botha, CEO of Core Group, a new name in the CTRM space, but uh, one with a, a long legacy in commodity trading and risk management software. And and Tasha, I appreciate you showing up today and uh, visiting with us. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for inviting me. So as I mentioned, the, the, the legacy in CTRM software, even though Core is new, uh, you guys have are, are founded on, on quite a long history in CTRM software. So could you give us a brief overview of Core and what markets, what commodities you service? Okay. So if you, you think of, as you said, we have that long legacy there as well from the past. So Core still provides the trading and risk and logistic management software solutions to a global market. I think where the the real difference now comes in is that our mission is really to empower these market participants to really trade confidently and profitably and sustainably. And I also feel that our deep understanding of the commodity trade lifecycle is what makes us that leading commodity trading and commodity management solution provider and still does, which is great. Our focus is really homing in on our concentrates, space metals, precious, as well as scrap, and then agriculture. And the more and more I've done the research, the more and more I've I've seen that we play center to the commodities trading lifecycle for our customers. So what I've also included there is that we need to now become more proactive rather than reactive. And so our goal is really focused on the customer's goals. And that goes beyond just maintenance. It's actually really making sure that we are being the center to their success. So it's really customer-centric, still doing masses on the trading risk and logistics, um, and really doubling down on the concentrates, the base, the precious, and the scrap, and the agriculture. So if you think about Core and, and where you guys have, have started and your your focus now, does the long-term strategy, is it just a continuation of that? Are you looking at expanding markets? Are you looking at expanding your, your footprint globally, becoming uh, even even more present in, in some of these other markets? Essentially, what is the, the long-term vision for Core? 
Okay, so there's a few things, to be honest. Um, so firstly, one of the strategies is really to enable our customers to become even more successful in their trading business using our solutions. The focus is really customer first, and this is why I've hired a uh, head of customer success who is really homing in on what do we need to do around making our customers first in everything we do. We also have already have deep, rich IP. So that's one of the lucky things that we have, and this is part of our heritage. So therefore, it allows us to prioritize um, the customer's feedback uh, as well as the market trends, rather than having to focus on the core IP around metals and agriculture. So whereas our competition has to be coming from another market, they now still have to build out that IP. We've already got the IP, so we can focus on those market trends or the feedback that the customers are giving us. I also see the customers have a really big ecosystem. It's very vast. And we play at the center of this. So what I want to do is ensure that our customers are able to use various AI tools um, to really dissect their data and really be able to make informed decisions by that. So us being in the center and making sure that we really connect up and downstream um, in real time. And then the, the two flagship products around Trinity and FinTrade, they are front and center of our customers' um, daily life. So we really will make the evolution front and center with them as well. So they've been feeding into us a lot on what we need to focus on, which we are doubling down on um, since our new owners. We're also looking to growing acquisitions that make sense for us, as well as our customers' ecosystem. So we are looking at various angles right now. Uh, we are talking to our customers uh, about their ecosystem, what makes sense to them. And then what we've also done is I've also hired a global alliance partner who is focused and currently speaking to various partners, from technical to SIs to within the ecosystem. So that's also a lot of stuff been happening around that. So yeah, there's various strategies going on, various playbooks and, and a lot of long-term vision in that space. Looking at uh, the, the market you do serve, and it, it looks like to, to Comtech at least, that metals is, is really one of the most dynamic right now, driven in large part by the demand for, for metals uh, to service the renewables industry to for the ongoing energy transition. Uh, are, are you seeing increased demand around metals and are you seeing that market becoming more and more competitive? Definitely the demand. So we've seen a lot on the demand, um, especially around that renewable industry. Um, but what we also seen is a need whilst that goes on, is that real push a need for, to be ESG compliant. So this is where our solutions are well suited to address both those needs. And our customers are currently using that to capture um, lots of different data from uh, origin of goods, different quality, you know, producing mills, vessels to transport. So that really helps them understand, yes, the renewable side, but also the ESG side. And then the data that's actually stored in the solutions then enable them to, to access advanced AI tools. So for example, one of our customers are looking at how do they track their emissions across their entire physical portfolio. So they need the data, which we have, and we can get the data out, um, and therefore they can use the various AI tools that enables them to do that. So by having this rich IP already embedded in our solutions, we are able to focus on our customers' ecosystem to really help them achieve these 
renewables and ESG requirements that they have. So in short, yes, um, there's definitely competitors in the market, but they come from other asset classes um, or different business functions within the metals and the agriculture space. So they are still needing to build out that IP um, where we already have it core within our solutions. So also with our like deep experience in, in metals market and agriculture market, this also allows us to really help our customers into that success space. So yes, in short, competitors there, but because we have that IP already, we are able to take things a little bit further in nowadays or everyone's talking about AI, for example, to, to be able to help them and be able to actually connect deeper into the ecosystem, which is really key for them. So yeah, I definitely see the market being very dynamic and lots of demand in the metal space. Speaking of ESG and, and some of the environmental uh, regulations that are, are new and, and many that are emerging, uh, are, do, do you feel like the market's in a place right now where they fully where where you as a vendor and, and the market themselves can kind of fully integrate those those environmental issues uh, with the software that is carbon tracking, carbon trading, et cetera? Mm, I think to be fair, it's about the quality of the data. So a lot of our customers come to us and say to us, because you have this full life cycle on the commodity management side, you are able to track the data that we require for that specific uh, market. So mm -hmm. be it agriculture, be it metals. And because we have that data, we can then extract it to the, our partners, because this is where we partnered with um, various AI uh, companies, where they are then able to extract that data via an integration that we have with them. And then our customers can actually do and report on the, all the necessary that they need to do. Now, one of the things that I want to actually get to is actually making that what if situation even, you know, so making the 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 experience of the trader even more real time so they can make clever decisions about what they want to do along the trade life cycle pre rather than post. Yeah. So, yeah, I do think it's all about data. So, so as long as the regulate, even though the regulations may not necessarily be set in stone at this point, and they're clearly coming, but really at the at the center of it is going to be the underlying data, and and you think you've got that pretty much uh, pretty much beaten at this point. Absolutely, as I said, yeah. we're very lucky in that space. Um, we're rich in IP. We've the, the heritage products have it there already as part of their core. They don't have to sit there and build it out. So that's where we already have a leg up, which is fantastic. Now we just need to focus on, okay, what do we do with that data for our customers? And to add some color, I ended up speaking with long-term veteran of Brady Commodities and now Core, Harry Knott. Harry? Um, what we've seen from Core so far, I'm pretty happy with with what we've what we've got from them, what we're getting from them and the direction they want to take the company. So obviously they've acquired Brady's commodities business. So that's the business that looks after metals and agricultural commodities. And the way they see that is they want a presence, they're a private equity company, they want a presence in commodity software. And this is really their kind of beginning of what they want to build up. So they are looking for other complementary businesses to, to potentially add to that mix and, and looking to extend our portfolio and our partnerships to kind of extend our reach within that sector. 
they've done a lot of homework on the sector and the company and and the potential for that which has been very useful for us and what they bring to the table for from my point of view whereas prior to the acquisition Brady was doing a lot for for short-term power trading but not really doing very much in the commodity space whereas we're now doing a lot of kind of investment in the product a lot of strategy around where we take the thing and how we extend it and we're getting not only kind of you know driven hard by our new owners but also we're getting the benefit of a lot of their experience and their people and their and their skills which is very good to see so we have regular involvement from their technology people we have regular involvement from people who can kind of give us a steer on that the only thing they do it within the companies they buy is enterprise software so they are very good at knowing how to run that type of of software company business to business software company and i think we can benefit a lot from that for the purposes of of the audience remind us which products went to core and which products stayed with Brady Technologies? So the products that came uh, to core with us are uh, FinTrade, so that's physical um, commodity trading risk management, Trinity, which is more focused around derivative and and risk management. Uh, we've also got Aquarius and Otval, which are which are products which we focus on more kind of niche areas within that, which to go go forward are being covered by our broader product offerings. So the stuff that stayed with with Brady, the remaining part of Brady, is really the the power and gas and the yeah. uh, credit risk specialized software. Yeah, and of course, amongst in that in amongst that list are the products that made Brady its name in the first place and gave it the leading position in the metals market. So, is that lead something that Core wishes to preserve, grow? And how do you expect to do that, given that you have a whole host of new competition emerging? First, first thing is absolutely metals and agricultural commodities are, are absolutely key to our current customer base, our strengths. And, you know, we are still very well respected in that market. There is some kind of brand awareness for us to do to make sure that people who identify metals and Brady or agricultural commodities and Brady now do the same thing with core so mm-hmm. there's some uh, you know there's, there's some kind of brand awareness that we need to make sure we keep on top of because um fundamentally it's the same it's an evolution of the same products the same company but with a different name um but i think because right now we have a company that is purely focused on this and purely focused on taking those products forwards i think we're actually getting a lot more putting a lot more into those products and we're making a lot more progress with those products than we were under the previous ownership and you know it takes a little while for those things to trickle through but i think the the kind of product strategy and the technology refresh that we we are working on is very exciting for what it brings to our capabilities in those markets and how it brings together the product offerings that we have so again one of the kind of features of the the older way of doing things at brady was separate product lines were kept pretty much sort of independent and Mm. we didn't really join things up as much as we could have done which i think is you know has been a lost opportunity we now have a far more cohesive strategy we have a a more joined up team and a more way more joined up way of, of doing these things so i think that should allow us to get much broader benefits to customers on any of our products current products or products that we build or acquire going forwards 
And of course, given the longevity of those products in the marketplace, the, the, the chances are is they've got a much more comprehensive footprint than other products on, on the market. It's more a question of refreshing them, right? Yeah. I mean, I, so I think, you know, in terms of functionality, we still, you know, I think the feedback we get from pretty much everyone is is the functionality our products provide is is pretty much second to none. We have got a lot of IP within the software products that we we manage. The, the kind of focus for what we're trying to do, it's not really sort of building huge amounts of extra functionality. It's about, first of all, consistency. So consistent APIs in and out of our software so that the people that need programmatic access to that can suck data out, push data in, in a way that's entirely consistent with how you do that through the front end. That's a big, big part of, of what we're focusing on. And from a look and feel point of view, you know, we, we've got some very kind of very long, long standing customers who've been using our software for a long time and they, they like it, they're used to it and they, they, you know, it's kind of comfortable, but there are things that we can do to actually make it slicker, make it you know, more, more user-friendly, more intuitive and, and kind of broaden the appeal of the software as part of doing that. And the other benefit to doing that is to bring in things which are, you know, consistent ways of doing things, not just for one product, but across all our product suites. So anytime you see this, you know, it works the same way. Anytime you want to do this, you'll pretty much know if you know one product, you know how to do it for the rest of them, which makes it easier to get people on board, train people internally, externally, uh, and, and just makes, makes it kind of more intuitive to use the software. And I guess the same thing applies to FinTrade, which is more of a commodities management solution and uh, also has a comprehensive footprint set of functionality. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, both products and FinTrade probably probably even more so, you know, there are so many things you can do with a product. The, the problems that we have are far more centered around, you know, people being overwhelmed with the number of things that you could do, you know, rather than it lacking functionality. So I think a lot of the priority with the, 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 the kind of new UIs is to try and simplify and streamline things so that, that people don't necessarily need to um, consider all the things you could do. They can focus on the things that they will do day in, day out. And then on the occasion, they want to get to the stuff they sometimes do. That's as there, but it's kind of tucked away. With some of the new things in the market, ESG, net zero, that kind of thing, do you see any opportunities or challenges there for, for, for you and your products? One of the things, particularly on the physical commodity trading, you know, we've got a very good platform for tracking what's coming from where and what's going to where internally and to be able to extend that so that people can then use that to, 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 to basically facilitate traceability further upstream, mm -hmm. bringing in information that supports that, that allows people to meet their reporting requirements, both for, you know, existing, um, uh, board or regulatory requirement, but also future things around traceability of supply chain, but also carbon footprint. So carbon accounting is, is becoming a more important thing for our customers. We've got a partnership um, with, with carbon chain that allows our customers to see their, their, their carbon footprint of all their trading activity across a whole range of products. And, and those sorts of things are becoming increasingly important alongside all the kind of more usual day-to-day -day trading and risk management activities. And finally, we spoke to newcomer Connor Herbin, who's responsible for global partnerships for CORE, to discuss what that partnering program is about and what benefits it might bring to CORE's customers. Connor? My name is Connor Herbin. I am the 
Global Head of Alliances for Core Group. My background, um, initially coming from uh, futures trading here in Chicago um, before I moved into the CTRM, ETRM space. I took a little bit of a hiatus um, to work for a SaaS company that focuses on customer experience where I helped to grow our APAC alliances and the ecosystem around that with the different types of partners that we were working with. I was living in Singapore at the time, was there for just over 10 years, and then recently moved back to the U.S., where I had continued on with the Alliance's role before I was approached to join Core Group to help take on this new created role as the company was obviously rebranding, going in the new direction, and really the idea behind it um, from Tasha and, uh, and the team at STG was we need to have that partner base that's going to help us you know, not only just do implementations and all the necessary things we might need from partners in different geos, but to really grow our presence globally and to help us you know, move the ball in terms of understanding who Core Group is, helping to get our name out there, helping to get us into selection processes, but also just really helping to get us to close new deals. So it's really very much an extension of the sales process and, and building out the core group of core group knowledge um, around the globe. So that's that's really my my main target. And, and we're not looking at this as a, a flash in the pan. It's very much a strategic position. You know, we're, we're going through understanding the market, understanding the different types of partners and alliances that we can we can grow. And, and how those partners are going to help us in different ways. One, obviously new business, two, helping us get our projects up and live faster and also stickiness. Um, and that's really gonna come into play with more of the ISV or the integration partners that we are looking at. So it's a, it's a process and I think we're really um, being very diligent and very precise in choosing who those partners are going to be to best meet core groups needs. You have a position in metals that's historically been very strong. To what extent does your role involve trying to build out that metals user base and gain traction, regain traction in that area? Absolutely. And, you know, I come from the space and Brady at the time was always a formidable um, opponent when it came to going into these metals deals. I think that Core Group has the, the best depth and knowledge in SMEs when it comes to the metals market. I think from a strategy perspective, it's really about that global presence. You know, if you look at the metals leadership perception, you know, Core Group typically ranks in that number one or number two spot. Yeah. Um, but there are certain geos where uh, we are not listed when it comes to uh, brand recognition. And that's really going to be a focus when working with the partners. You know, as we're a smaller team and now we're trying to grow out our geographical presence, we're really going to rely on partners to, to help get the word out there and to help bring us into new opportunities where we can start to show off that experience that we have. And, you know, of course, it's a, it's a system that's been around for quite some time. The functionality is still in the product, but we're working on upgrading that UI UX to, you know, kind of bring the software into, you know, 
the 2023-2024 um, type interface that a lot of our customers are looking for, but not doing away with any of that, that um, subject matter expertise that we have. So we're really trying to grow the brand. We know that we have a strong customer base. Obviously, we, we want to defend our current customer base, but we're really looking at obviously growing those installs, but also growing for new customers. So it's really about getting our name out there and building up our, our perception. And are you looking at partners that can help you with that upgrade of the, the user interface? Or are you looking at partners that could add extend, extensions to the functionality in the metal space, for example? Absolutely. It would be the latter of the two. So right. we're looking at partners currently who, who can really extend our platform and this is what I would call the ISV or the tech partner. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it's really about those integrations, but what integrations make sense? What is, what is a functionality that our clients are demanding? How is that going to help us obviously increase stickiness by, you know, getting those integrations up alive, but then how are we going to be able to bring that data back into the core platform to make it more robust, to give a better picture to our client base? And obviously, on top of that, we want to be looking at partners who have a similar footprint to our own. Obviously, we'd like to have some clients that are mutual, but then also go after a bit of their client base while also opening up our client base. So it's really how can we expand? Where do they have a good presence that overlaps, but where can they help to take us to the next level? Right. And when you look at broader set of products, including what used to be called anyway, FinTrade, uh, sort of commodity management, uh, multi-commodity, really quite quite a, a comprehensive solution versus the metals products that you you have. Do you see advantage in having different sets of partners for those two sort of sets of products or, or does it not really matter to you? It, it's a good question. I think that there's definitely some functionality that's going to align itself better, say, with the, the FinTrade, the logistics side. Yeah. where um, some functionality is going to be better suited to to the Trinity. Um, but right now, I'm, I'm really looking at it more from an agnostic position. I'd like to, to just look at it as a core group. Yeah. Um, what partners are going to make the most sense for core group as a whole? Um, so we're not we're not really going to go too deep into to either if it's a FinTrade or a Trinity match, because ultimately we're trying to merge that functionality. And I think it's best to look at it as a holistic approach. So we are looking at uh, a very diverse set of partner types, regional partnerships, you know, partners with good presence um, in geographies, good relationships, um, especially geographies where we might not have the strongest presence yet. Mm -hmm. um, and we would be looking to build up regional services capabilities, but then we're also looking at those ISV partners and then making contact and starting to develop the relationships with your more strategic SIs and advisory partners. Um, you know, coming into this role, I knew that there was going to be a, a large amount of research to go through and understand the landscape and region by region, category by category. And, and it's, it's definitely become daunting. Every day there's a new partner that gets um, added to my list for me to go out and, uh, and to vet, but you know, I think that that's that's something that I'm open to. I think we really we're, we're not closing any doors at core. We want to make sure that we understand the market to the fullest extent, 
and any new partners that believe that they can add capability and help to extend core, but we can also provide some extension to them as well. Obviously, we want a mutually beneficial relationship with all of our partnerships. It's really only works if it's a two-way street. But if any partners do believe that they have a value prop that would be of interest, we are, I am all ears and uh, we're willing to take a look and understand, you know, how we could attack the market together and, uh, and really make a win-win scenario. So we're, we're really excited going into this with, it, with an open mind. Well, there we go. We'll be watching the activities and future market progress of CORE, indeed all of the vendors in the space as we usually do, and writing our thoughts and considerations and research on ctrmcenter.com, the place for everything CTRM. We'd like to thank those who participated today, and we'd also like to thank you for listening, and we'd like to thank our sponsors, Enuit, a provider of CTRM and commodity management solutions worldwide. This is Gary Vasey with Commodity Technology Advisory saying goodbye. You've been listening to CTRM Radio, a podcast by leading industry analysts, Commodity Technology Advisory. You can find more information about us at ComTechAdvisory.com and much more news, views, research, and information on CTRM at the CTRM Center at CTRMCenter.com. Thank you for joining our presenters, managing partners Patrick Reams and Gary M. Basie and their guests today, and we hope to see you on a future edition of CTRM Radio.